Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I am Blake Fisher. I am joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. And we thank you for listening. And we would love it if you would review and rate our podcast. It helps us a lot, you know. So give it five stars. Um, I didn't think of any funny reason that you should give us five stars. Chris or Kyle, do you have any good reasons that someone should give us five stars on the old iTunes? Because it's the right thing to do. That's true. That's yeah. just true. That's not even funny. It's just good. It's just right and true. Um, well, yeah, and everybody knows you either do one or five stars. You're certainly not going to give us one. So give us five. Yeah. I agree. I think that's a, a fair assessment. Uh, and obviously subscribe as well. That way these just show up in iTunes or whatever you listen to. And iTunes, we don't even call it iTunes anymore, right? It's the podcast app. It's not even called yeah. iTunes anymore. That's I'm showing my age, but of course this is a podcast about early 2000 music, so you probably already know my age. Um, also, fun update for you guys. Um, I've just abandoned trying to get <laughs> our Twitter account working. So we're going with emo underscore podcast. That's the new Twitter account. Yay. You can follow us. We will start tweeting on there. You can start giving us your comments on there. You can also do all that stuff on Facebook, or you can email us at info at finding emo pod. Uh, but let's get into it. Today we are talking about, you know, normally I say the album title first and then by the artist. But I feel like this one really needs to just be said in a row because it's say anything dot 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 is a real boy. To me, that's the order it should go in. It doesn't sound right if you say is a real boy by say anything. Agreed? Yeah, I right. agree. Yeah, that's yeah, what, that's the way to do it. I think so. Hey, so, well, hey, Blake, yeah. can I say something about the one to five stars real quickly? Yes, please, please. <laughs> back to yes. that. Yeah, came back to to me, that. It came to me later. Yeah. Um, I just want to say for anyone that has not listened to this record or doesn't know who Say Anything is, don't make yourself listen to this. I talked to some people that were like, I listened to your podcast. Um, It was cool. I just wish I had known the album. And I'm like, why would you, why would you put yourself through? That's a really good friend to listen to us yap about something they've never listened to before. I mean, I appreciate it, but at the same time, like that sounds miserable, you know? Yeah, really. I think the thing we should probably encourage people to do is like listen to the whole record and then listen to us yab about it. Because even if you listen to it a long time ago, you might need a little refresher, of course. So yeah, listen yeah, to the record. You can pause right now, go listen to the record. It makes this podcast experience like two and a half hours long or something, but that's okay. You've got time. We're mm -hmm. still partially locked down places uh we yeah we don't know you but what are you doing with your life just listen to it <laughs> just listen come to on it. we know you got nothing you, going on maybe yeah so anyway i would definitely suggest listening to the record uh and kyle has all the you know really half-assed internet internet research that we do on these uh but maybe you did more it sounds like you dove in a little bit into like message boards for this one kyle so take it away tell us about uh, the album so what's crazy is until this very moment, I did not know that this was the record I was doing. I was supposed to do this. Yeah, I was I so confused Chris, there for a second. Chris did this. record. Oh, Chris did this. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well then <laughs> you're making me, you, you know how much, you know how much time of my life. I just thought I wasted the 10 minutes before this podcast when I was doing a crash course on this thing. <laughs> and, and also I was terrified. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's my bad. I thought that's why I asked you for times, Kyle, is because for some reason I had in my mind that you were the one researching this album, but it's Chris. Well, so, you know, Chris, you know, I'm a fan. No, I know, no, exactly. I do know. That's yeah, that's why, the thing. I, and that's the thing is when you asked him to do the times, I was like, that's a probe. That's a probe. That's a probe. I'm sorry, Chris. I stepped all over you. Chris, no. you tell us about the album. 
please. Oh, okay. I will. <laughs> Say anything is a band. It's true. Yeah. No, uh, so I actually really enjoyed researching this album. Um, I have to admit that I will admit it. The first time, get it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Just admit it sure. with an exclamation uh, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, th- this album, like, slowly grew on me when I heard it the first time um, when I was uh, a, a younger lad, a good friend of mine named Kyle. Not not you, Kyle, the Kyle in this podcast, but Kyle Schlein of um, Stephen Gets Even fame. He, he used to always bring me records, and he'd be like, you have to listen to this. And I was a graphic designer, so I, I was just, like, in a cave all day, um, you know, listening to listening to bands on my on my iMac. Um, but man, this album really pulled me in right away. But when I was like diving into what Max went through making this record, I, I was kind of floored. Uh, first of all, so uh, the producers of this record, and, and you might have to help me out a little here, Kyle. Um, but I, so uh, he chose Tim O'Hare, who also we've talked about Tim before. Um, yeah. he did the this is the All-American third Rejects record. This yeah. is the third Tim O'Hare record we've done on only 12 episodes so far. So we've got a whole right. 25% of them. Yeah. And, and me. It's still amazingly hard to find information about the guy on the internet um, other than he's done some really amazing records. But uh, so Max, first of all, talks about that most of this record was done um, recording in an apartment in Brooklyn. um, And he mentions the producer's apartment. Now, I don't think that's Tim's apartment. It might be Tim's or it might be Stephen Trask, who is the other guy who helped produce this. Do you know, Kyle, which which apartment he's talking about? I'm not sure it really matters. I I don't, man. Um, And actually... I, I thought that it was Tim, but okay. I, I mean, I thought so that. too. Tim is because, based in Brooklyn, so I mean, he, he right, and, lives there. But and then the rejects do the rejects did a lot of work there in Brooklyn when they were working on their like record, their first right? One, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, so when you listen to this record, you definitely kind of hear a whole band, and you think of it as a whole band. The band say anything when I'm first listening to it, and then you know, in hindsight, looking back, realizing I, I didn't realize this. Max did. All the bass, all the guitars, all the vocals. He had a studio drummer that came in, and, or who was actually the drummer of the quote-unquote band Say Anything. But they did this whole record in uh, in Tim's apartment with like a, a guitar pods, no amps. Um, oh, really? I didn't know the no amps. Yeah, thing. yeah. He did it. He did it all with a guitar pod. It, I mean, it sounds really good considering that. Um, huh. And uh, uh, other. Other thing that I didn't realize, but but when you hear the record, you you definitely uh, pick up on it, is that it was originally intended to be kind of a rock opera. Yeah. Um, you definitely hear the themes. And Stephen Trask um, also composed, who is the other producer, he also composed the music and lyrics for the stage musical uh, Hedgewig and the Angry Inch. So, mm-hmm. you, yeah, so he's got a he's got Tim, the rock and roll producer, and Stephen, who's kind okay. of this, got, you know. A little and, more theatrical. Right, and you can feel the themes like kind of battling each other in a lot of Absolutely. songs. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I thought it was really cool hearing that. Then they worked really hard on it. Um, now uh, this is probably not unknown to many people, but um, uh, Max suffered from some pretty bad um, psychological issues that really uh, manifested themselves <laughs> yes. during the making of uh-huh. this record. Uh, peaking with uh, a moment where he thought he was secretly being filmed for a mockumentary um, while outside walking the streets of Brooklyn and w- thought he was encountering people on the street that were all in on the joke. So 
uh, yeah, he went he went full on crazy while I was making this record because he was alone. Uh, you know, he wasn't full on uh, alone. He had had his his friends, you know, the musicians and the producers working on the record, but he wasn't with his friends. He wasn't with his family. Um, so I guess that combination, that loneliness, and him just really diving into this record and uh, giving all of himself to it, kind of kind of took him away for a little bit. But what and, we got in the end, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and being bipolar and. Yeah, clearly abusing drugs and alcohol at the same time. Those are bad combinations for potentially having prefer, a manic episode. I would, pref- I would prefer experimenting. Blake. Or experimenting. Yeah. Well, that's a bad yeah, if combination. You're, if you're not 25 yet, you're experimenting. Oh, After I see. That, right, yeah. You got a problem. That makes sense. Uh, weird note. Hey, like this is a weird thing that I didn't think about until I, I did a little bit of just reading about some of the stuff. So Tim O'Hare is this is the third record we've done for him, but like specifically he has a, I feel like it, does he have a thing for multi-instrumentalist because Max Bemis did most of the instruments. Nick Wheeler did most of the stuff on the rejects thing. Rocket summer does all the stuff on his oh, record. Yeah. I feel like he's got a handful of those people. He must only like working with like one person. <laughs> like a, I don't want to deal with a bit. Ba- no, I mean, he's done a lot of bands too, but I just thought that was kind of an interesting, weird thing that like, you know, of, uh, of two of the three that we've done so far are, we're right. one or two guys. I would think it. it, I would think it would be easier. I mean, you're only dealing with yeah. one person, one personality, uh, um, two opinions, yours <laughs> and his, you know what I mean? It's like, you're not having to deal with like, oh, five. Thought, no, not I, the bipolar. I, I, that was not a bipolar joke. joke. <laughs> no, that, I, I, that's not how that works. It's not multiple personality <laughs> disorder. Um, uh, yeah, no, like, you know, like I, I imagine it would be easier, you know, like, too many cooks yeah. in the kitchen sometimes when it comes to that. Anyway, that was just a weird note about Tim O'Hare. But you're right. It's no, very hard it, to find. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page. He does have an all music page, but it's just the list. It's just discography. That's it. There's no real like no real biography or, you know, history and things like that. So I don't know. It's kind of a kind of a mystery. But right. Well, so Max definitely said, uh, you know, he some interviews I saw with him. He talks about how much he still loves this record and how it's such an important part of his musical journey also says, you know, if I could go back in time and what musician doesn't say this, it's, it's really his first record uh, that he would definitely change some things. Obviously well, everyone says that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you know, he said real amplifiers, you know, I, I would uh, 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 want to record it. Uh, I think he even said he wanted to record it. He would want to do like a full live band set, which if you've ever recorded music is, very difficult to pull off, but what's well, a budget really thing cool. too? I'm sure it was. I mean, this is a yes, doghouse no. record doghouse, release. Yeah. And it's not like he had, this is not like, Oh, he has a successful indie record before. I mean, they had an, he had an EP, but not like, right. it's not like, uh, what happened with like the rejects going from doghouse and then interscope was it interscope dreamworks, whatever at the time. Right. Uh, you right. know what I mean? Like that record gets a budget because the first one did well. Like this is still doghouse is rolling the dice on something. They're not going to give them a million dollars. No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> when I read that, like that manic episode is the reason he stopped doing the kind of like it got too much to try to juggle the thematic thing and trying to keep yes. it like this rock opera thing that that was kind of the thing that the straw that broke the camel's back as far as he realized, like, I can't do all this stuff. It's literally making me. Right. You know, it was, it was, a, it was a little ambitious. And obviously the other issue that you just kind of touched on was like, there just wasn't enough money to put that much effort and yeah. uh, time into, in, into something that thematic, but you can still hear 
you know, moments in the record where, where pieces of what they were trying to accomplish, like folded into it. Uh, you, you, most specifically the very intro of the record where he's, you know, kind of talking to, um, I think I imagine it's one of his producers. I, I don't know exactly who it is, but he's, you know, you can hear the blinker in the background yeah. and, um, you know, that's, that's a really cool part of that record. So, um, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the story of how this album album came to be. Um, there's some other things I can touch on too, on some of the other songs. Yeah. I, I would, I would like to say <laughs> that, I just want to touch on this one moment that one of the interviews I saw, he had like one of those giant vapes, you know, like the really big ones with like the big batteries. Yeah. That are oh like, they look, God. it literally yeah. looks like an iPhone, which, which I, I, I think even people that, 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 that use those, like they don't usually just have them in their hand during a video interview. Like <laughs> the guy obviously does not give a crap what people think of them. And the funniest thing I noticed was that it had a tile, glued to it <laughs> you know, that, so, so that lose. if he ever lost it yeah i could just see him like having a nicotine fit and being like getting his iphone out and like walking around like gps anyway i thought that was cool good he job did, max i like that he didn't even hide the tile on the back side as he's no, holding it's just it right in there. this interview it's just yeah. right on the front of the tile in a video yeah. interview that's pretty good yes, um, this thing he, it, it, he screamed to the world this thing is very important to me in yeah. my hand <laughs> Hey, if nothing else, I will say that he seems very honest about all of this stuff that uh, I don't think most other people are. I mean, no, you know, especially you're absolutely you right. talk about mental illness and, and stuff. I have two family members that are bipolar, so little familiar with how that goes sometimes. And so, but it's not, you know, it's not something a lot of people talk about, but you know, it's kind of, it's cool that he did. And it's kind of like, oh no, I totally lost it and realized I needed to calm down or whatever and, and and get back on track before I finish the record kind of thing. But yeah, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing that could help, you know, especially a young person more than seeing someone who they look up to a hero. Yeah. Like being really honest about it. Cause especially when you're young and you're fighting with these things, you uh, sometimes you feel all alone or you feel, you know, broken or like, like half a person, you yeah. know, cause it's, it's easy to see when someone's got a cold or a tick bite or, you know, just to pull some random examples, but, <laughs> yeah, um, totally <laughs> but you know, like you, mental illness, like it, you, there's a faux pas to it, making you kind of feel like, well, there's something really wrong with you and you shouldn't speak up about it. Um, yeah. And, and so guys like this, who, who came out, especially in this time and in this scene and, and were really honest about it, probably, it, I, it probably helped a lot of people and kudos yeah. to him for that. Yeah, norm normalizing it, right? Well, yeah, so and, we, yeah. I was gonna say we talked about a record before, and I'm trying I'm trying to remember which one it was that at the time, you know, it wasn't popular, but they were they were kind of owning their oh, it was it was the last it was the last record we did. I'm not okay, you know, yeah. it's like one of the right. first one of the first times that I can remember mainstream music, you know, kind of pumping that message. Yep. So well, it shall was, we talk about our first impressions about the record? I feel like, uh, yeah. Kyle, do you want to talk about yours? How yeah, you discovered uh, it? What happened? How'd you like it? Well, if you can believe it, I remember talking to Chris, my birthday buddy here, about <laughs> it when we first heard it. And like anybody that was paying attention to this kind of music uh, at the time, like you could not ignore people's hailing this the right. praises of this record like it's amazing and i also did not like it and it took forever and like honestly one day it just it clicked and it made sense and i was like this rocks so your first yeah. impression you did not like it not at okay. all okay like not at all yeah chris what so. about you were you in that same boat you kind of yeah. mentioned it a little bit earlier that it 
at first. Yeah, uh, but luckily, well, you know, for better or worse, when my friend Kyle, who who's made to me, more mentions on this podcast than probably anyone else so far, I know he's he's done. He's given us a lot of uh, heads up on bands over the but years. But w- whenever he got behind a record, like I, I knew I had to give it like a solid chance because he was always right that I would come around. And once again, having all that time to myself, just listening to music, like I had time to like waste 45 minutes on a record if yeah. it was good or bad. And, you know, this was before, you know, Apple music and Spotify. So you had the music you had, like if you had a new CD that you just paid 12 bucks for, you're like, well, I'm going to give it a few shots. It's in the rotation yeah. for a while. Yeah. Uh, obviously alive with the glory, uh, Live with the glory of love. Like that one stuck out to me right away. And I loved that song. I actually remember playing it for, uh, my sister in the car while we were on our way to, I think the PC West talent show to go watch that. And I, I maybe even been watching you, Blake. I don't know if that timing's right on that, but yeah, no, that would have been late. I would have been long yeah. gone. Um, well, but yeah, but that song you, stuck out to me, but the, then the rest of the songs grew on me uh, a lot. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm with it. It was, you're right. Everyone was talking about this record. Um, Chris, I think you played, um, Alive with the Glory of Love for me. I think that was yeah, probably the first that- time I heard it. Um, I am with you guys that I did not like it. Honestly, spoiler alert, this is going to be the first record we do that like I don't love. I actually don't. Oh. I still don't love this record. Oh, no. uh, so we can get into the nitty gritty of it. I get why everyone else does, though, if that makes any sense. Like I, I get why it's so beloved, but I, it's just not for me as much as it is. I mean, and I really like parts of it. Um, Alive with the Glory of Love is a fantastic song. I really like it a lot. I really liked it when you played it for me. Really, the biggest thing is I just didn't like his voice. I mean, it it really boiled down to that for for the most part for me. Um, It's, that's kind of, that's a make or break thing for me and it's not that I think his voice is bad. It's just not for me. That just happens sometimes. I know Kyle and I have had arguments about bands where like, (laughs) I love the voice, he hates it or he loves the voice and I hate it. So, Sometimes it just happens. So that was my first impression. I just really, I didn't like it. I didn't really, I got the Alive with the Glory of Love. Like, I that's a really good song and I get why everyone loves it. But I didn't get like the, there was a humongous, um, this, is, this wasn't like a, oh, everyone's talking about this band. It was like everyone was literally like, you know, every critic, every magazine, every, uh, any of that indie kind of stuff, punk stuff, every musician I knew at the time was you know, raving about it. So it was literally, and sometimes maybe that got, like turns me off of something too. I know that sounds really weird when everyone oh, loves something. Totally. Um, so I get why everyone likes it. It really is. It's like, I, I get it. It's just not for me as much. And I've tried to give it chances and chances and I still, I like it. Okay. I just don't love it. It's just not my thing, but we'll get into that some more, but that was my first impression, which kind of stuck, but not completely. Because I appreciate it more now than I did. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you, oh, oh, so you yeah. still don't like it, but you appreciate it. Yeah, Is that what you're saying. Does okay. that make sense? Like, I don't. Oh, of course, yeah. And those I wouldn't two, even. I wouldn't those even can like, be turn mutually it off, exclusive. If that makes sense, like, I, it's not like I, I've listened. I listened to it several times this week in prep for this, and it was like, I, I liked it. Okay, it kind of blurs together for me a little bit. I actually think. I don't know. That's just. It's just there are some certainly some bright spots on it for me, but it's not enough to put it in a category of albums that I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is my column. And I realize I'm super in the minority and and I'm wrong 
because almost everyone else <laughs> loves this record, and I'm fine with that. Like, that's okay. I can I can be like, hey, I'm in the weird wrong category now on this one. So, um, so that's probably and, me. And and also, there's still time for you to come around. No, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, and it's, I think it's possible. Yeah, I think it was like the voice thing was the first thing, and then it is lyrically for sure like would we call it abrasive at, you know uh-huh. on at parts and stuff like that yeah. which that's not that will rub me the wrong way for sure and then i think the irony like the the like thick irony throughout it which i get what he's doing is also just not for me i get that he's kind of like commenting on the whole scene in a, mm-hmm. but like it was just a little too meta for me <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, I can see but, that. And it feels, I know this sounds weird because he literally was having a manic episode at the time, but like the record feels manic. I mean, that that, that sounds. 100%. Like, a, like it's all over the place. There's there's not yep. like the structure that I like, which is why Alive with the Glory of Love is so great. It's like, it's a, it's a good song, like, you know, because he kind of stayed in a, in a box, but so much of the rest of the record is just like all over the place. And I get that that's a legitimate, like he was the record sounds manic. Cause he was having a manic episode while he made it. Like, so it's a totally excusable thing, but I actually think the record that came after this makes a little bit more like, it's like, okay, I'm still super creative, but I'm kind of in a better space now than maybe I was on that first one. And it, it made a little bit more, I don't want to say it made more sense. That's not the right way to say it. But, um, so I think those were the things that rubbed me wrong. So this is the first one with like a bad first impression. Really, every other record we've done, um, other than um, the why did you draw a blank? Uh, the the starting line record um, based on true story. Um, that's the only one that, I, but I didn't really give it a chance as we talked about. So that one really didn't. It was just that one song that gave me a bad. Uh, impression and then I didn't give the record a chance I know if I would have given that record a chance I would have liked it so it's kind of weird this is the first one that will that's like this for me that we've done on this podcast it won't be the last no it won't you know there's there's too many albums so um, any other you know thoughts on kind of your first impression of the album what you thought of it back then or do you want to jump into track by track well, track by track let's good. go for it let's yeah. do it okay let's go to uh, Belt And all your friends, all of my friends in the alley tonight. Yeah, what say you? And all your friends, step up to my friends in the alley tonight. Chris is doing the best air drumming, so we go to him first, as per the usual on the opening track of a record. Chris See, is air why, drumming. That's why, that's why Kyle gets to pick the pieces of the song. That's perfect, man. <laughs> Thank that, you, dude. Uh, the, what's so great about this record, and the first song just opens up, is that th- that that song has like three themes to it, three movements, three completely different feeling uh, moments to it, um, from the beginning uh, to that part. And, and like, that was one of those songs where you put it in the CD and like, as you get about 30 seconds into the song, like all I could think about is how excited I was for that part of the song that you just played. was going to come up because you could just sing it loud and, and rock out and um, pretend like you're tough enough to, I'm, I'm certain Max is not tough enough to actually meet his friends in an alley and fight them. Or is he? I don't know. He probably is. I guess you don't have to be tough if you're 
crazy enough to do it. And I don't mean crazy in the sense that he's crazy. But I if you're willing to do it, yeah. Crazy. If you're, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. Uh, you, you know, they've got a, he's got a good thing going with background vocals and the, and this track's a good uh, example of that for sure. But throughout the whole record, there's some pretty solid background vocal parts. Yeah. And this would be one that I would imagine was pretty fun to scream at a show. Oh yeah. Kyle, your thoughts on belt. So I love it. I love that clip. Uh, and, and I will say that what you guys have both touched on it being manic, it being all over the place is something that I initially did not like about this record at all. It's why I couldn't listen to it. And also Blake, I relate to you saying that everyone was talking about it. And not only were they talking about how great this record was, it was really Max Bemis is a genius. Like that's what it was. Like, yeah, you're right. Every article was like, this kid is a genius. You have yeah. to listen to his music. And I was like, no, I don't. And I don't have to like it. And, <laughs> and I didn't forever. And then like, it just clicked. And, and what's, what's so funny to me is that like now I love and appreciate all of those manic parts, those changes. And what I think that he is the absolute best at, um, and I imagine, Blake, it's some of the things that you're going to appreciate through the record is like this dude is full of good ideas for parts, like just little teeny added guitar parts. Yeah, but he just does them once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. You're right. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, here's a good idea. I'm going to do it. And then I'm right. never going to like the open. Yeah, I mean, it's just there's all sorts of stuff like that all over it. I mean, he he just... He put it all. He puts it all out there, and he and he has a million cool little parts. And and uh, I love this song. I love that part. Just like Chris, I like to scream that with my friends. Amen. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's go to whoa. Kyle, your thoughts on Woe. Dude, that guitar part underneath is just so freaking awesome. I love it so much. Um, I love the keys that come in there. I I love it. Great song. Solid tune for me. That's a good clip that you picked for sure. I mean, as far yeah. as like the, the synth thing feels like out of left field for sure. I mean, as far as like you listen to the first track and all of a sudden this one's got like a Queen-esque harmonizing guitar solo bridge and the synth thing. You're right. He just has like all these little ideas that um, show up one time and then it's over. Chris, whoa. Yeah, I don't know, man. This song's so great. I, I think I think that the, the this that part of the song you chose then leads into that other part where it's like, I'm gone out of my body. Yes. Sweet. So, like the and the the piano matching it um i i mean i can see why he went a little crazy making this record because like every song 
has an album's worth of good ideas that I had. Like, and he just, like you guys just touched on earlier, like he just, he, I feel like, I'm like, you just threw away four good songs in one song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, uh, so here's a, here's a question, because I hear so much Panic at the Disco influence from this specific song. Like, I don't think I caught that back then. I feel like this is the, like, the direct... Uh, grandfather or father of the entire Ooh. Panic of the Disco thing. Is that just me that hears that now? This song specifically, it and not so much in the clip that we just played. Um, I wish I could remember which part it was. I just remember that was the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, this sound, and this obviously would have preceded that. Even though they came out the same year, obviously, you know, he had that EP and stuff like that before that, and they're, you know, I don't know. I just, I hear that influence. Maybe it's I mean, just me. I can see that a little bit, but like, I do think that the chorus on on this song is like uh, even a little bit doo woppy. You know what I mean? No, it is. I think I'm. I think it's earlier in the song that there was something. It, the, yeah, like I said, the clip that you picked is definitely not the part that reminds me of it. There's something else. You know, maybe I'll try to find the clip and and put it in there. But it, that was the first thing that's popped in mind this time. I never thought that back then, but I certainly kind of hear it now. But maybe a little uh, Panic at the Disco was the love child of. Say anything yeah. and Fallout Boy, <laughs> if maybe that's yeah. fair. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm 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 okay I'm not, with being wrong about maybe, everything. I say, maybe maybe you're just, right, Blake. I'm just not sure on the timing on all of this. Well, they both came out the same year, but you know there was what? okay. It sounds like Hold this on. was there was a delay between. It sounds like he was making this record for a really long time, and then, um, you know, it didn't really catch they didn't release even the singles until like the album had been out for a while, I think. Well, and then they did the, like basically a double album. Right. Yeah. Because basically it did not get any traction when it was just a single album. And then they released those singles. I don't know how it, I don't, I looked at the timeline and none of it made any sense to me. I was like, why was this album out for a year? But maybe it was because of his mental health. I don't know. Cause it was like, maybe it's like Jack's mannequin thing where he had cancer. So they had to like, you know, not release that record. I think we might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but I I think also it was I think this the the um, commercial success of this record is solely because of wow uh, I can be sexual too yes I mean Which, that was an MTV song you know yeah it's just that, I can't figure out the timing because like what like how do you end up releasing a single that was on an EP that you just throw on the back end and make it a double album. Like why, why didn't you release that a year before you released the, I don't know. This, just, none of it makes any sense to me. I'm sure there's some sort of person at doghouse that could explain what happened, but it doesn't bet, make sense bet, to me. I bet Tim O'Hare's uh, secret Wikipedia page has it all. <laughs> that none of us can find. Yeah. There just has to be. And I couldn't find, that was the thing I was diving into. Cause I was trying to figure out the timeline of all this stuff. And I was like, it doesn't make any sense to me that like, this comes out in 2004, right? Is the album release year? Yeah. And then they don't release any singles until I want to say 2000, late 2005. And then they do that double album thing in 2006. And that's when they release the, the wow, I can get sexual too as a single. And that's what blows them up. But that's like a year and a half after the original album release. I'm pretty sure. Don't totally quote me on that. I won't. Okay. We refuse to quote you on that totally. I know. Okay. Well, let's go on to the writhing south while we look at timelines. Yeah. I 
I looked it up in the little break while we listened to that clip. The album was released August 3rd, 2004. My birthday, you birthday buddies. Uh, wow. Just in case you were wondering. Uh, singles, Alive with the Glory of Love, released September 11th, 2006. That's two years later. Okay. And then, wow, I can get sexual too, January 30th, 2007. What right, was the two-year well, gap? Well, Dang, I, Gina. I think the two-year gap was... Just him touring and stuff, and I, I think they decided to release that song as a formal single as they started to blow up. And then while I Can Get Sexual 2 was an add-on, it well, wasn't really part of the original album. Well, I know, but it sounds like the that was the successful album was the double. I mean, it sounds like that's the one that everyone had. Like, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, so I like I said, that that feels like a really long. I mean, you would, I would think you'd release a single immediately. Most people release them before their albums come out, but. Uh, Two years seems like a long gap, so I'm very curious about. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I'm uh, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this part is in uh, in my notes. So okay. the, the initial release only sold, sorry, not only, only is a bad word, but it sold about twenty thousand copies. Okay. J Records were like, oh, cool, twenty thousand records. We like making money, so they reissued it in two thousand six, two years later. So that's why with the bonus disc. So that's why you see the single, okay, and then the uh, wow, I can get sexual oh. too. In 2006, 2007. So did Doghouse not... Why did House not release a single? I mean, they released singles for... Every, I mean, you know, everyone Who else. knows? Maybe they did. Maybe they but didn't. Maybe, but maybe, like... Or maybe Wikipedia just only has the J version of may, the singles. Or maybe they, they didn't, guys. I mean... Maybe they didn't. Maybe Do you think they, like, didn't like the record? No. Is you that know possible? What, what, well, what if it was... Here's a, Here's a question, okay? What if it was like a fueled by ramen type thing where like people listen to this record and they're like, hey, this has the potential to be really big and we're going to push it like we know Jay Records is going to do this. And so we're going to chill on it. And then, you know what I mean? Like maybe right. that deal was happening. Yeah, that 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 could be fair, but I wouldn't freaking if I was Doghouse, I wouldn't sit on something you wouldn't for two burn years. A record. Yeah. yeah. And if I was him, I wouldn't burn a record. I don't know. I feel like something something happened there now to be we fair we don't know the full story yeah i don't think i don't think we know the whole story but the, to me it seems it sounds like some music business uh you know yeah some voodoo yeah just something like that just doesn't make any sense to me like everyone else releases a single of some sort to promote the record like that's what you do i mean that's what you did you do it a little less now uh but you know anyway it doesn't make a lot of sense so let's talk about the writhing south that's the song we just played the clip of uh for me it's just like oh yeah i'm into this tune and all of a sudden the ending you're like what is happening <laughs> by the way <laughs> i mean it's just and that's i think what was the real like it's like i want to it's like so i want to be a cool kid but i'm just not it's just there's i go man i want to like this everyone else loves this it's uh and i just then that comes out and i'm just like what is happening right now and uh you wonder if tim o'hare i mean who you know you compare this to some of the other stuff and you just wonder if he's like do you think he's just going yeah whatever we'll just hit record whatever you want to do 
he seems like that kind of producer to me. I don't know, like very little information on him, but just the why I can't find a sound that he has. I almost feel yeah. like he's just like a, yeah, we're gonna make this sound good, but we will do whatever you want. Um, I don't know. Maybe this was well, like, so. right. But keep in mind, he's got that other producer too. Yeah. That's got the more, uh, you know, the musical theater kind of background. And these three guys are all working together, you know, and, and the whole thing was conceived as a rock opera. So, you know, recording this song with Tim O'Hare and, uh, you know, the other gentleman, it, it w- wouldn't have been out of bounds to have this weird little part in the middle, you know, no. which, uh, you know, it's unexpected, but it, it, it works like, and, and it also looks like it freaking rocks live. I haven't seen these guys live, uh-huh. but I, I bet, I bet that part freaking. Da-na. No, it's Da-na. just. Da-na. Dude, we're gonna have a super cut of us singing and humming the guitar parts of songs, and it's gonna be we're just gonna put it on Instagram and it's gonna loop in your head for forever. Um, yeah, it's just weird. It's just like I said, out of left field, basically. Um, Kyle, your thoughts? So it's so it's so fun to listen to listen to your opinion because I totally (laughs) understand what you're saying but like this is one of those instances where someone that doesn't love something the way that you do the things that they're described the reasons that they're describing why they don't love it are the reasons i do love it right yeah and that's fine (laughs) like that makes sense i totally get that like i said i'm in the very small minority here this is like 99 percent of people love this album and i'm the one percent that didn't and And that doesn't make me special and I'm no, but I'm with you. Like, I understand why you don't, I understand why you don't like it. That makes sense to me, but it's also why I love it. Like I, it took a lot for me to not choose that part for the clip. But then I thought, dude, the people, the people, if anybody listens to this, that doesn't know what it is, they're going to be like, what the heck is happening? So, <laughs> right. Well, and I don't think you could even like recognize the song from it necessarily. I right. mean, like you might be like, Oh yeah, I forgot that that happened. Cause I kind of had forgotten that that happened. You know, I hadn't listened to this album in a very long time. And also I was just like, <laughs> it's like a Whoa. crazy evil circus breakdown. Yeah. It's, it's really bananas. Uh, okay. Let's go to the hit a lot. The hit from two years after the album comes out. Uh, alive, alive. Blake's still, still pissed about that. I'm just curious why, because it's a great song. They should have released it before they released the album. Uh, alive with the glory of love. Should they catch us and dispatch us to those separate work camps? I'll dream about you. I will not doubt you with the passing of time. Kyle, let's go to you first. Okay, real quickly, I do want to say that sounded sped up. Did that sound sped up to anybody else? Well, no, he speeds up there, but no, it no, wasn't. But I mean, in my ears, like it sounded faster. That's weird. Um. Okay, so love this song. It's fantastic. It's, I mean, dude, it's an amazing song. What a, what a bold opening line to a song. 
when I see you, I want to do you right where you're standing. <laughs> Doesn't he say foyer too? Yeah, yeah. the foyer, right on, right on the foyer, right in plain view. And um, riddle, and riddle me this: do, when you hear that line, do you think, "I wonder if this is a Holocaust-themed love story song about his grandparents?" Uh, certainly, certainly, yeah, it couldn't be. It's just about. I mean, that's that's the thing that's crazy is I think it's about his grandparents, right? Well, I don't know he, that part. I know it's a, he I mean, definitely mentioned mentioned specifically in a few interviews uh, about how his grandparents had friends and Blood. family who, who died in, oh, in the okay. Holocaust. Yeah, lots and lots of people. And Maybe I'm crossing hairs just from knowing that because, like, I thought at one point in time that someone was telling me that it was it was like inspired by their love, and so that's that's kind of funny. Um, but. Uh, obviously not that they're in the Holocaust. <laughs> that's not, not funny. <laughs> that's not at all funny. Um, it's funny that he's, he might be writing about his grandparents. Um, Doing it in the foyer. Or the at least lyrics, wanting to. We can't confirm I, they did. But. I really love, like, I love how romantic the song feels and, like, how well it captures the vibe of being in love and also how straightforward and, like, not not uh picture perfect the lyrics are like i love that so one of what what a great freaking song we even know we know blake even likes this song no it no it really it really is even blake it's uh a i've never i'd never heard anyone write lyrically a song even close to what this is about in my life or or after i don't think i mean i don't think i've heard a a a love song during world war two, specifically the Holocaust, you know, like from that point of view and it be bouncy. And I know that sounds really like, that's the craziest part. That's the, yeah. it's like, it's a fun yes. song. Like yeah. it's how, uh, how killer is that solo too, by the way? Yeah. And I, I like the, the guitars are great. I love the bounciness of it. Like I said, it's a, but it's also the most structured song on the record other than the weird intro, other than the kind of, uh, not yeah. weird intro, but it's like it doesn't fit any. It has nothing to do with the rest of the song, you know, the little vocal, right? Uh, stacking kind of sixties thing. I guess that's a fifties thing. Um, Chris, your opinion? You, you're the one that showed it to me, so I know I know you like the song because you were like, "This is amazing." Tell it's us. about a love. It's a love song from the Holocaust. Yeah. You know, you're like, "Tell us why you oh, love it, Chris." Okay, I'm in. I I love it because it's one of the all time greatest songs ever written in my opinion i mean it's spectacular <laughs> i've never been so encapsulated fully emotionally um interested excited by a piece of music so fast than when i heard this song and just slowly put together like oh is he singing about he is he's this is a story oh my god it's about the holocaust it's a love song about the holocaust and it's fun and skippy and the lyrics are great and it it, it maybe you know makes you feel emotional like especially like when you're young and in love and you're like because you know the song the theme of the song is really like love in the worst circumstances if Mm. these two people in this horrible situation can find each other and do each other right on the foyer then (laughs) you know well who am i to what's to stop me from finding someone that you know to 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 spend my life with i i just what i i mean seriously the guy can, the guy should die happy knowing he wrote that piece of music. It's absolutely spectacular. I hope I'm not overselling it. I'm just very passionate about this song. I think it's great. I <laughs> do. You know, also, yeah, go ahead. Okay. No, you go, Kyle. Well, I was just going to say how, how like, how beautiful is is this idea that this dude is like, I mean, 
obviously worst of circumstances, but like, I'm not going to let Nazis take you. <laughs> right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that is so awesome. Uh, I mean, if, if that doesn't make you feel good, like knowing that you, you may not have a soul. You're dead inside. There's no doubt. Dead inside. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's, um, I feel like this has to be, uh, more part of, I don't, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. When I, when I read that he was trying to do this whole kind of like theme thing or a rock opera kind of thing, this feels like it would have to be a song that was in that chain, obviously. But I, you know, but there's no other song that links in it. It's all it, the music business kind of irony and that kind of stuff seems like it's way more present throughout the record, but it doesn't make me go like, Oh man, what if he wrote a whole record about this? these two people, it kind of, it does make me go like, that could be cool. Uh, I don't know if that's what his, his original intention was before he abandoned the kind of theme thing or the rock opera, but I'd be curious to find out because yeah, it's like a, it's a great, you're right. It's a great storytelling thing. I think this would have to be, if you made a, you know, top list of songs that define kind of the genre of that period of time, this has got to be in the top 10 or 20, right? I mean, absolutely without a doubt, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. No. Even doubt. though I don't love the rest of the record or say anything as a band in general, uh, this song is fantastic and there's no doubt about it. And it's one of the more unique songs I've ever heard for sure. So let's go to Yellow Cat slash Red Cat. Slash is spelled out, by the way. I know this is a podcast, but just in case. <laughs> in parentheses. In parentheses. Parenthet- yeah, sorry. Yellow Cat parenthetical slash close parentheses Red Cat. <laughs> Chris, let's go to you. Do you have opinions on yellow cats and or red cats? I, I this song always weirded me out a little bit, uh, especially because it's following you know that epic track. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a great song. Like uh, once again, all these different movements and themes in the song um, and great parts. But uh, I this one was I don't want to call it a skipper, but yeah, I was always like uh, you know just coming off the high of. Alive with the Glory of Love, and then I was always kind of like, eh, and then there's this song. All right. I mean, I I don't hate it. I don't know. I put meh. That's my yeah, note on this one. I mean, yeah, to be fair, I'm the guy that doesn't like the record, but it does seem like <laughs> it's very disappointing after the previous track. Because A, it's, I think I think it's the slowest song on the record. So we go yeah. from this bouncy thing to boom. boom well, boom, it, boom. It, the the last... The, yes, uh, I mean, until... I mean, yeah. but the for the most part. Um, Kyle, what are your opinions on cats i i freaking love it okay <laughs> i knew i knew you I, knew I love it i love it because it's so weird i love uh how dark and dingy it sounds like it's kind of even like that clip is kind of grungy you know i love it when the key part comes in later on the same part i love it and it's all i totally i i completely understand what you guys are saying like it is a weird freaking song. Yeah, like you wouldn't fight following. me about it, but not yeah. at all. Like, yeah. it, I mean, it is a weird freaking song following one of the greatest songs from the genre. So, like, 
I get it, but I love it. Yeah, because honestly, four songs in, I'm like, okay, it's I'm not like not all the way into this, but like there are many parts on those first four tracks where I'm like, okay, I get this. Okay, oh that's cool. I like that. You know, it's still not all coming together where I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to listen to this over and over again. But I think this is where it really starts to be like, okay, this is really starting to lose <laughs> lose me personally. But like you said I'm in that one percent of people that didn't like this at the time. Um, let's go to the futile or the feudal. I don't know. Either mm-hmm. one, I guess. Right. Tomato, tomato. Love, I shall not love, yet I'll still sing about it. Hope it covers the ocean and slime, the drama and drool, unleaking the blood of a Kyle. I mean, guys, I love it. I, I'm not, I'm probably not going to say this. Like for me, it's just one of my all time faves and like, um, uh, not the song, the re- the record. I, I love it. I love the crazy parts. I love the, the change ups. I love his guitar parts that he plays. It's, it's just, it's just awesome for me. Chris. Yeah. This song's super cool, man. Uh, I ate rat poison for dinner. I just <laughs> like I'm like, how do you come up with this stuff, dude? That, that I uh, I but I speak don't. about this a lot. Um, don't no, please don't, don't. eat rat poison for dinner. Uh, but bad. I, I you it's know, for you. I do speak about my both fondness and jealousy for people that can create lyrics like this that are just like paint this amazing picture and also are just so out of left field. You're like, how did you come up with this? And on top of that, make it sound so cool. Cause I just know that there's some kid out there who could write that same lyric down and sing it. And just, it wouldn't have the same delivery and it would just be like, what are you talking about Beavis? Like that is so (laughs) stupid. That song is horrible and you suck. Um, Yeah. I think he owns it. Yeah, sure. He doesn't. Um, Yeah. He owns it. Great. also, like, uh, I'm so sorry, Kyle. Uh, let me let me just finish this thought. That, like, he, the, the 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 power that he sings with, like, right. He always finds that perfect part of his vocal range to just nail you in the face with like rage and like coolness. Yeah. And I love that too. So sorry. Go ahead, my friend. No, I I completely agree. I was gonna say like the way that he delivers the line. What will your hissy fits teach you? But how to cry, p- cry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's really that's, nothing else you got to say about that. There song. are a few brutal, uh, <laughs> brutal lines on this record, and that's definitely one of them uh, for sure. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. you cannot call someone that anymore. I'm pretty sure I <laughs> get really yeah, mad out- about it. They outlawed that. That's together. a bleep, right? Uh, yeah, that'll definitely get a bleep for sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> here's we, yeah. Uh, here's Spider Song.
Chris Bonier, your thoughts on the spider song? I don't know what the crap he's talking about, but it sounds super cool. And uh, (laughs) every time the song comes on, I could sing along because I just say, I'm the spider, world insider. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So I totally dig this tune. I, 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 if I, I wish if I, if I had more time and really thought about it, I, I think I would try to go in the lyrics, try to figure out like what the themes are and like what, what exactly like the metaphors, but I did uh, this and it doesn't help. It doesn't yeah, help. Okay. <laughs> I've got them up right now. I looked at them when I was listening to the record and I <laughs> saved a couple. I was like, I don't get it. None of it makes any sense to me. I don't know why he's growing legs he's growing and going legs, inside of like. a person. And then I don't get it. It's weird. It's creepy. <laughs> It's not, it's not, this is definitely, I'm not a lyrics guy. Like I do not tend to like lyrics aren't important for me to like a record, but lyrics can make me not like something. If that makes sense. Like it's not, it's not a checkbox I have to check where I'm like, Oh, you have to be a great lyricist for me to like your stuff. Uh, I like a lot of people who I have no idea what their songs are about. I think they probably don't know what they're about either. And they try to pretend they are, they're just writing whatever pops out. But this is one where I just go, I have no idea what's going on. And I don't know why I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm creeped out by the thought of being a spider and crawling inside of a human being. <laughs> just me. <laughs> Kyle. When you put it that way. Well, that's so, what the lyrics say <laughs> verbatim. <laughs> so I was like, I was super curious to know what you thought of that one, Blake. Cause I feel like structurally that is probably the second most structured song on the album. Like, you know, he's got the chorus. He's got he. It, it seems like the most consistent. But um, I also understand the lyrics are really weird. Um, I freaking love the outro to that song too, where it gets low. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, you guys yeah. remember that? Um, really dig that. Uh, I mean, I love it. Surprise! 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 Big surprise. Kyle likes it. Uh, let's go to an orgy of critics. Kyle, what are your thoughts? Love it. Love how crazy it is. If I were if I were to say something bad about it, because I've done this in the past on records with lyrics, I'm not a super big fan of him rhyming first with first. Like I feel like <laughs> what else are you gonna rhyme it with? Merced? Worst. Worst. That I mean, works that well. comes to mind immediately. Um, Bratwurst. Thirst. <laughs> We've got some suggestions. These are all terrible ideas, just so you guys know. <laughs> are they are they worse than rhyming first with first? That's the question. Probably. I mean, I don't know. That's uh Chris, what <laughs> what are your thoughts on <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about? We're talking about the song An Orgy of Critics. Yeah, no, I, I'm just yeah, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. This song's got like all that all the rage and power um that so many songs like right in this part of the album have. Um, and then it's got that cool little breakdown. Um, yeah. That the I I don't know who called you that. Who called you that? And then, um, the, that the vocal stacking he did on this record, it just always sounds so cool. 
And what blew me away when I was doing the research was to just see him in this little apartment, like recording his guitar with a guitar pod. Uh, I, I don't know, man, it's hard to pull those performances out of yourself when you're not in a studio. Um, so he obviously had a lot of passion and um, probably did a lot of work. I can't imagine that a lot of these songs didn't take a zillion takes to get right. Well, and he played everything but the drums. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's definitely impressive. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything positive to say about this song. I'm sorry. I just don't. I hate everything about this song. Uh, I can't even put a, a, a reason why. Just no, nothing about it uh, entices me. So sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, dude. Okay. You're, you know, you're entitled. You're entitled. I, I'm, no, I'm nothing if not honest, okay? Uh, about what I truth. like and don't like. So, all right, let's go to Every Man Has a Molly. Uh, juxtaposition to the last song it's really it's truly fortuitous that molly Connolly already kind of rhymes you know her first and last name already worked um kyle what are your thoughts on the song other than the rhyming scheme um my favorite thing about this song is so i don't know if you guys know this or not but he has a i i would you call it like a super group with uh chris Connolly from saves the day yeah uh, they're called Two Tongues. Yeah, I've listened to it. It's actually I, I like I, it. I like to think that this is like a major your mom joke, um, <laughs> and his mom is actually Molly Conley, and uh... <laughs> that seems like a stretch that they would then be in a band together. <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty good joke. That, I mean, maybe it is. That's we can um, dream. Probably not you know, the case though. Just to guess. I, I, I I love the song, Big Surprise. I love how it builds. I love how it starts soft. And I love the big gang vocals. Um, I like it. I Chris, love it. Chris, your thoughts on Every Man Has a Molly. Do you have a Molly? I don't think so. You really put it out there. Yeah. I don't have one either. Not, not, not this kind. Well, is it just, I mean, it just sounds like it's a girl that broke his heart, right? I mean, that all it is? Uh, I th- That's what it seems like to me. Mm, I no? think okay well, please enlighten this song's like a meta third person zoomed out view of himself in the future he's making his first album and he's talking about a girl that broke up with him because of the revealing nature of the songs in the same record well but could he be talking about the EP that came Wait, before well, it I don't think so I don't think so that does happen sometimes though where like I feel I feel like he's thinking like he's writing a song about something that's happening to him either like in the present or or is going to happen to him or he wants to happen to him like it's like he's writing a few I don't know it, I I feel like he's like a a few degrees on a, in a different plane in space than guys like us could ever think about things <laughs> I mean you know but I guess in general Obviously, he, if every man has a Molly, every man didn't write a song that was revealing about some girl. And the, you know what I mean? So I mean, yeah, <laughs> in the I, general. I have, I have a question, though, because now you've got me thinking about music all differently, Chris. <laughs> Is Joe Esposito 
when he's when he's singing in Karate Kid, you're the best around. Like, is that a prophecy? Like, is he like this song? <laughs> How did your head go there that fast? I said that 30 seconds ago. <laughs> I mean, I just instantly pictured that, like he's singing about how he's the best, even though he's not the best yet. So you think when I don't know who wrote that, who who wrote that song? You're the best around Joe. Oh, that's yeah. who wrote it. Yeah. So you think that with all that introspective, deep, plain and space thinking, he still just landed on you're the best around. around. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right now, just like around me in general. But what do you mean, Joe? Around. Like I see the, the like the guy in the like I hear you, but I don't hear you. <laughs> oh man, uh, no, I, think I guess we just could a, ask him. Yeah, that's it's just a crappy '80s song, I think. I assume. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like yeah, I feel like we're being more general here, and I would be curious. I I doubt. I think there's. I think this has to be a real girl, first and last name. This guy does not seem like the kind of person that wouldn't actually put the person's first yeah. and last name on the record. Uh, so there's I, nothing subtle about the way that he writes songs. No, not at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. In fact, I mean, literally, my note, guys, is no subtlety here. Like that's <laughs> yeah. what my note for this song is. There's zero subtlety, yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of lines in here that are, um, whoo. They're they're rough. And, uh, I will not repeat them because I'm embarrassed. Um, but yeah, so sorry, Molly, uh, who I'm sure, lo- by the way, broke up with him for having two songs too revealing about their relationship. And then he name drops her in this but version. See, that's that's, that's so pretty about it. Yeah, that's um, I'm, I'm sure she you, really Chris. loved that. I'm with Chris on this. I think I do think he was like singing about how she's going to respond to the record. I think it happened before. We'll never be able to prove this, but, uh, I don't know, man. He's a pretty, he's pretty open dude on Twitter. Let's hit him up. All right. We'll try to hit him up on our new Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, that didn't is not suspended. So uh, we'll give that a shot. Okay. Let's go to slowly through a vector. Right Monier, thoughts on slowly comma through a vector okay so like when i first heard this record i i thought say anything was like a band of friends that grew up together and were best buddies and they on this song it all culminated this moment where they all sang together and so like you were lied to i mean i think this yeah, is a real gang it's not him doing oh, all the game oh, jungles, i know yeah, i know yeah. but that's how like perfectly it came together i i, I thought i i always on this song, I always pictured like Max with all his friends, like in the studio, like, you know, like these guys in the band he grew up with. And then realizing after, you know, the record came out after a while and reading about it and going, oh, this is just him. I was like blown away at how good this song was, even though those were just hired yeah. studio musician yeah. gang vocals. Or like the, maybe the even... producers or some guys off the street. Who knows? Those are professional gang vocals. No, they're unionized. You've got to. Pay them the big bucks. It's like back in the day. Yeah, they had (laughs) (laughs) they had a stranglehold on the Brooklyn studio scene. Uh, Kyle, your thoughts on slowly through a vector? 
Uh, I love it. I love, I freaking love the, the, like that part in particular, very groovy guitar and bass parts. Um, it rocks. It's, it's, it's a good, good jam. I'm a man on this one too. No, oh, sorry. man. I do like the gang vocal stuff. Like I said, that is, uh, you know, his, he's very good at that. At, like throwing the gang vocals in there. Um, I can picture people really enjoying that at a concert, but it's just not, I just can't. That's, I don't like, I like the synths on some other parts of this record. I don't love the synth on this one. It just feels like it's there because it was the instrument near him or something. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I'm being too harsh on it. Like I said, I'm the idiot that doesn't like this record. So we don't have to listen to my opinion. Let's go to Chia like comma. I shall grow. I mean, come on, guys. You know what I'm going to say. I like it. It's awesome. It rocks. No it's good. Surprise it's great. It's grand. And I like all the same things. I like that it changes up. Um, and and also, we have had multiple conversations about vocals, Blake. And and but like, I totally respect your opinion on that because I know exactly what you mean. Like, if someone just isn't doing it for you, they're not doing it for you. Yeah. But for me, he it 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 works. Like. I love it, and so it's hitting all the all the right uh, spots for me. But I completely get and understand that it's not for you, or Chris. Earlier, you mentioned that like he's he's like he's comfortable in that uh, in that like area where people have to push. You know what I mean? Like to yeah. get there. And and uh, I I really really enjoy that about his voice. I I agree. Like he's he just sounds perfect when he's there. Um, but yeah, I I like the song. Chris, I'm, I'm more than like it. I love it. He loves it. Yeah. You want to up that up that Annie, Chris, or where are you on I, this song? I, yeah, I, uh, this song's always just all right to me. Yeah, you know, I like. <laughs> no, nah, I'm sorry, man. I I, I I I like the ups and downs of it. This song is this album's like an emotional roller coaster, you know. So like when you're when it's you're, an everything roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, I feel like this song is like. You know, on those wooden roller coasters, how there's always that second hill where it's like taking you back up with the chain. Mm-hmm. I feel like this song is that. Like, like we're like it's great. I like it, but it's just like it's it's bringing us back to a, a some some more cool moments coming up. All right, let's go it, to it, oh yeah. Go ahead. So what were you? I was say? gonna say like it it just was never like that memorable to me. Like revisiting the album, I heard it again. I was like, oh, kind of forgot about this song. Yeah, it it. That was a burn, Max. (laughs) (laughs) You burned. I love you. I could never do what you do. Burned. All right. I want to know your plans. Track uh, 12 of the record. Or what keeps me believing the world's not gone dead? Strengthen my bones, put the words in my head when they pour out to paper. It's all. what you do 
That's what you do. This is a really pretty song, and I like it, except I just don't understand why he didn't tune those freaking guitars before laying it down. <laughs> I mean, they're so out of tune. It makes me want to smash them, but that's, you know, my pet peeve. Kyle, what are your thoughts? I on mean, it? I'm not saying it's right, but don't, I mean, I'm kind of like, dude, that's got to be intentional because it is such a beautiful song. And it like, I feel like if he plays this straightforward, it is a weird track in the middle of, but I don't even mind. I don't even mind like the sloppy playing or any of that. Like, I don't mind the imperfections. It's just the tuning. That's all. Yeah. I'm just like, you gotta get that. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm just saying, I think, I think it's on, I feel like it's on purpose, right? Yeah. I I don't know. Surely a dude that can play all those instruments knows that guitar is out of tune. Unless it's he's on drugs at the time and thinks it's in yeah, tune. Yeah, that's true. You know what that's I mean? True. Like, and Tim O'Hare's like, whatever, man. Do um, your thing. He did mention in in uh, one of the interviews I saw that he would have listened to the producer a little more. Maybe this is a time where the producer was like, "Hey, your guitar is not quite in tune," and he's like, "Go f- yourself." <laughs> i'm max i mean that's fairly you know i mean like (laughs) he's like in hindsight maybe you know i should have tuned in hindsight i wish i would have tuned tuned. the guitar look i'm gonna have a tuning note on a record if a guitar is out of tune it's just one of those things i feel like you gotta do i don't mind it's just yeah and this and those two guitars are not in tune with each other or themselves. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my opinion on it. But it is a pretty song. I do I do like the song. <laughs> anyway, okay, so let's go to what is technically the last song on the record, the original. I I, I just I need to confess. Okay, something. go ahead. Yes, I, I had no idea that those guitars were out of tune. So. <laughs> He's I'm a drummer. A, I'm the drummer. I want. I'm just want to have like. I want to have a vulnerable moment with you guys. Never occurred to me. Never thought about it. First time I'm hearing it. Probably still won't notice the next time I listen. <laughs> it's like the first thing I noticed. I think I had the same note for when we did Get Up Kids. There's the same t- style song. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it is on purpose. Maybe this is the thing they're doing to be like, well, oh, this uh, is a raw. But like freaking dog, Chris Caraba tune those fan. guitars, man. Maybe, they are maybe both when dog you do house. a record with Doghouse, they're like, hey, do you got the attitude acoustic song? And you're like, oh, I hadn't done that yet. Yeah, it's kind of part of our part of our deal, buddy. Get one in there. Let's Hurry see up. if we can find other doghouse bands with <laughs> kind of acoustic-y, ballady, slow songs that are out of tune. Um, that'll be an interesting uh, side project that we'll do. Wait, okay. what was our was our song in tune? Uh, <laughs> oh, you know what? Okay. <laughs> Uh, do you know what's funny is that there is a guitar that is a little bit out of tune on Quit Your Hardcore Band, which we released on Doghouse Records. Oh, my gosh. Full circle, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Um, to be fair, that one's slightly out of tune because... Um, intonation? It was an intonation thing, probably, yeah. more than it was that the guitar was not in tune. We, like... I like how I like how you're giving yourself the benefit of the doubt, but for Max, you were like, tune your guitar. Yeah. <laughs> well, for us, though, it was this like weird uh, scoping situation frequency. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're right. You're totally calling me out because I produced that, too. So I've got no one to blame it on. That was me and me alone. Uh, it was Danny playing the guitar that's out of tune. 
so I can blame him a little bit. So I'll link oh, to that. He's not here, so blame him all the way. <laughs> so blame Danny. I'll actually, link... I remember. I remember the moment when you told him his guitar was out of tune. What was it he said to you? I'm just kidding. No, I'm not gonna say don't. the f word again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that might have happened. Actually, that's a that's a fair assessment of what could have gone on. Okay, let's go to the what is. The final track on the original 13-track album before they released the double version two years later. Uh, admit it. Exclamation point. Forgot to say earmuffs before that one. Earmuffs. <laughs> earmuffs. Can't bleep the song. That's not going to work. Um, Kyle, a thoughts on the quote unquote final last track on this record, even though we're going to do another track in a second. But your thoughts on Admit It. So, you know, to me, I, I would say that like this is the one that he's he's probably going off more than than what I you know, I would prefer him to be like, he's just, he's ranting, but that particular clip is where I feel like he's got it together. And I'm really digging that part of the song, but like the verses are pretty, uh, pretty wordy. Uh, and, and harsh and you're like, (laughs) Oh wow. This is, um, I feel like he wrote this when he was not in a good place, probably. Just <laughs> just a total shot in the dark. I'm going to guess he was not on his medication when uh, when he pinned this angry, angry song. <laughs> Chris, yep. what are your thoughts on Admit It? I mean, I'm just so glad that I'm not the person he's singing about because he's very upset with that person. Um, it sounds like it's a lot of people. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, sound like it's general. a person. But uh, yeah, bow down and walk the effing plank. Uh, gosh, how many emo screamo fanboys probably just like had that tattooed onto their butt cheeks? Like, I bet that I mean, that was <laughs> yeah, like what do you think the, the line of on... the anthem uh, of that time? Uh, bow down, get on the ground, walk that mean plank. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I I don't pretty badass. What's weird <laughs> is that like it this feels again. I've used. I've said how this is kind of all over the place, but this feels really out of place and it feels really weird as the last track too, because there's nothing this off the wall really on the rest of it. I mean, I guess a little bit on orgy of critics is, is a little bit like it. Obviously there's some similar (laughs) angriness, angriness. That's not a word. Yeah. Anger. That's a word. Um, word. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not into it, but there are a couple lines that make me go like, Oh snap. (laughs) <laughs> like, I think we had to tell people they got served in the early 2000s. You if got you, served. You got served. Uh, yeah. And then you had to dance back if you got served. That's, I think, what has to happen. Those were the rules. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so th- despite it not really being on the original album and being on the EP before and the double version of the album, it was a single. So we're going to do Wow, I Can Get Sexual too. Um, which I guess I did not realize until this next, you know, this pass through listening to it for this, that it was like not on the record. 
Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was on the extra disc that was on a previous recorded thing. So, anyway, let's go to Wow, I Can Get Sexual too. Oh, and I Kyle, can you get sexual too? Oh wow, I can get sexual too. What are your thoughts um, on uh, Max getting uh, sexual here? I I love it. Uh, I don't know this. I don't have any proof for it, but I do think that like uh, to me, it makes sense that this dude is coming out of the fog when he does this. Uh, it, it is the most structured since uh, it, "Alive with the Glory of Love." But wait, didn't he record uh, this before that album? No. No. Okay. No. Then I have the wrong information. I thought yeah. this was from the other the other songs on this no, second no. disc were earlier ones. No, I don't think so. I think this was this was later. I think they were. Um and, so and uh, I'll look it up while you talk. And and I just think that like the the key part, uh one you know, we didn't play this part of the song, but he's got like some stops on the beats that are really fun on this. Um uh, like I, I don't know. I, I, I dig it. I, I love this dude. He's one of my faves. And um, I feel like this song, this song rocks. Um, it's maybe not one that like you can jam with anyone in the car with you. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but when I, when I do jam this song, I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. Okay. I have information. Let's hear it. I think we're both a little bit right. Um, okay, but I'll you're more, that. but you're more right. Um, the second reissue came in the form. I'm reading this straight off Wikipedia. I don't know why I'm putting this on podcast. You can just look it up. Uh, but the second it's reissue came in the form of a double gatefold 12 inch LP. Basically it included all tracks from the original reissue plus an extra track. Um, and Oh wait, sorry. That's the wrong part. I'm reading the wrong thing. It was that it was a seven song EP that he recorded for some like AIDS benefit but he scrapped huh. the idea because he didn't think the band was popular enough at the time. So it doesn't actually tell me when they were, when they, I think it was written after the release of is a real boy. Okay. Yeah. And that makes sense. I, I had originally read it as like, Oh, it's from an EP. So I was right about the EP part, Yeah, but it was uh EP known unofficially as say anything versus AIDS demos. So they were just like demos and stuff. And I guess maybe I thought of the demo quality. Yeah. And you can hear that on this. And I thought, yeah, well, that probably. was from before um, yeah. the full length record kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, it was scrapped by Bemis as he did not feel the band was popular enough to sufficiently support such a cause. Um, but I like the I like the demo quality of this song. It's actually charming. It's uh, I, I do like it again. Do you think this song was about Molly and maybe that's why she broke up with him? <laughs> Just a guess. I'd probably break up with someone if they called me out like that, but I don't know. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the song now that we've gotten nowhere figuring out if it was written before or after the rest of the record? I always thought after. Okay. It, 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 it doesn't feel like it flows with the rest of the record, but it's so good. I, I totally see why they 
Yeah, I just read the scrap DP part and thought it was like, oh, that was yeah. from before. That would make sense. But yeah, yeah, I think you're right. The most important thing about this song is that in 2003, it made us all think. What's the number for, Kyle? Those are the ors. Oh. The time or or oh I see. Or. <laughs> God. So awesome! I'm glad Kyle you didn't just, give me seven times for each song to do. Kyle, you need to take a picture of that, and we need to put it like in the show notes or something. Yeah, that was cool. People can listen if they want. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. The, the, this is the song that made us all think a phone was ringing in the in the room. Yeah, uh, the first few times we heard it, it still it got me way more times than I would like to admit. Um, but uh, the the groovy little like four on the floor uh, drum like shuffle kind of thing yeah. uh is it, it's just super sexy i i really really dig it and um this song's just so freaking cool i was really happy i think i think he stopped playing it now um is that right kyle i'm sure you would know that uh, met- i i think so i th- yeah I, th- I think it's been i think it's been a couple of years maybe a few or more i'm not sure uh, but you- the on the on the when uh to say anything and um saves a day went on that tour and they played you know um uh, this record and Save the Day played. Why can I not think of the name of the record right now? The white one. Stay where uh, you stay are. Stay you are. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, after the that was record. over. Uh, yeah, the right, right, right. Oh, what yeah. can I think of it? Um, uh, uh, Max and and the band, which is mostly the Duprees now, um, played played this song, and I was like, that's so weird. He's playing this song with like his like what would it be brother in law, little brother in law on bass, just right behind him. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> just I don't know. But hey, if your brother-in-law's Max Bemis, I guess you're kind of like, yeah, sometimes he sings songs about sex and I jam the bus behind him. <laughs> side side note, because you mentioned him not playing the song anymore. What is y'all's opinion on people not playing songs that people love them for? <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I feel like an artist has every right to or to not play a song for whatever reason they see fit. Um I, I, they don't owe us anything. Um, I certainly don't have to go to their show if I. Yeah, but uh, don't they a little bit? Up. I mean, if. <laughs> like, well, no. <laughs> I because my opinion is that like if look, I'm not saying you have to, but if everyone loves you and loves that song, like especially when the song is the reason you can even play concerts still. Yeah. I feel like you play it. I, yeah. Did did he have a reason I'm, why he doesn't? I play don't it? disagree with that. I'm, I'm somewhere in between you guys because like, I feel like you should be able to say when you do or don't want to, like, if you don't want to do it anymore, don't, it's your song. But then like, I remember learning from some VH1 music show that about Bobby McFerrin, not, you know, performing, don't worry, be happy. And I thought that was such a punk move (laughs) because like, there is no good reason that that dude shouldn't be playing. Don't worry, be happy. You know what I mean? I agree. Like, but like, like Haley, I, Haley and Paramore is doing the same thing with, I know. with Misery Business. And I think it's a lame thing to go like, oh, I was immature. I'm like, yeah, you were 16 when you wrote it. We know you were immature. Don't like be ashamed it, of the fact that you weren't a fully mature adult when person. you were 16 or 17. And like, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's, I don't know. It, it, I don't like it. And I don't like that they're. I, I don't know why Max very, is doing it, but I definitely don't like the reason Paramore stopped playing Misery Business. Like the yep. song they literally close shows with or whatever, you know, or at least like, you know, it's a big part of the end of the show. And they're just going to be like, we're not going to sing anymore because I feel like I was 
immature and mean when I wrote those lyrics. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but <laughs> but you were, I don't know, no one is judging you for that. This is a total side tangent, but you just brought up not playing a song, and I feel no, like no, that's that- a... Well, see, that one bums me out. I don't. I don't it like really that bums one. me out. Yeah, it's I, when when Max City wasn't going to play this song anymore, especially with the time and the themes that were happening in the world at that time. I was like, I get it. Not to mention, you've got a lot of lovely music that you've offered us. If we don't hear this one again, I, I can live. Well, yeah. and like, so okay. Two two thoughts. Um, uh, like I'm thinking of uh, everybody. I I think everyone will remember Sixpence None the Richer. Yes. Mm. If if I'm remembering correctly, I think the dude in the band that actually wrote uh, their big hit "Kiss Me," right, which blew that was up, a gigantic song. Uh, he yeah. wrote it for his wife, who I believe was unfaithful to him and left him. Maybe she wasn't unfaithful, but left him. And it's like, dude, the biggest song he's ever made was for this lady, and now he's got to sing it forever. And I get and that. Like, that's that gave me goosebumps. That, that that's that was, legitimate. That's but sad. but that's but, also but kind of part of being a musician, too, right? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. he's still playing it. And then also, I think of this. What about all the lead singers that don't write their material? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. right. I, I guess I view that, like that's a good how, point. That's a really good point, actually. Like, so I I don't know. Like, yeah, because you wrote it and you felt like you're being mean spirited, then apologize and own it and and now rock it in a in you know in the right spirit. Yeah, yeah and just yeah. and understand that most people aren't taking you as seriously as you're maybe taking yourself. Uh, as far as like, I don't think you know. And also it's do art. what you want. It's not, yeah, <laughs> but it's like, you know, don't, uh, don't take it. I don't know. I just feel like I never heard one person being like, but I don't know. Haley sounds mean. I, don't, just well, never, yeah, I never I, heard anyone I, say that. Like, I feel I like, I feel like, go ahead, Kyle. Well, I feel like we live in a world where people are trying to get ahead of controversies too, right? That's Maybe, yeah. But. Yeah. I, I was just thinking of Elton John, like refusing to play goodbye yellow brick road anymore right he's like i don't know what the bloody hell bernie was talking about i, I just can't relate to it anymore uh, i was kind of half australian half british yeah, that there, wasn't if you're great. listening it was okay it was, it was okay it was decent um yeah I'm, I'm with you we mentioned elton john a lot on this podcast too uh, well, how about, okay, how about Fountains of Wayne? How about, like, you know, uh, because I, I want to honor Adam Schlesinger. I'm not going to sing his songs anymore. Or because he was he was bumming me out at this time. Like, you would have nothing left to play. Yeah. No offense, Fountains of Wayne. But Did they like, say that? That they weren't going to play? No. Imagine that, No, right? that would like, be crazy. Yeah, and, you're right. And here's the thing. Like, that, I think Fountains of Wayne is the perfect example because – just as much as Adam is like the integral songwriter to that band, Chris is the voice of Fountains of Wayne. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like his voice is that it like you can't separate it from that band. So this dude is singing another dude's songs every night. And yeah. like if he can do that, then I feel like you can get through a single that you wrote when you were 16 that may have been mean spirited. Call the person up, apologize. Yeah. Keep playing the song. Well, a really good example of that too. We've gone on quite the tangent here, but uh, quite the tangent. But the Ataris is this a, is this a mini episode. It's like, a mini do we episode. Cut it maybe. out and make it a mini episode. <laughs> no, I think we'll just leave it in. But the Ataris got the Boys of Summer cover was a huge hit for them. I think they definitely resented that. They didn't want to release it as a single. They didn't want to put it on the record. And but they eventually went to like you know what like we're gonna embrace this like people really like it we're gonna play it like. And yeah, that was they even something they fought against and they always played it. And like, you know, I thought that was a really cool thing. Uh, they were like, you know what? People like it, you know, and who are we to say that? And, <laughs> like, and why should we be to, stubborn about it? 
that's a really great example too, Blake, because uh like great cover song, but what a fantastic album that it pointed people yes, to, right? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you gotta embrace that at some point. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's talk about kind of the the um I mean I think it's pretty obvious that you two think this holds up and I think everyone <laughs> thinks it holds up. It's clearly in everyone's like top 10 of, you know, important albums that came out in the two thousands. And like I said, I think alive with the glory of love has got to be in the top 10 individual songs that kind of define the genre. Uh, so I think in no, no doubt that it, it holds up. I just don't personally like it. That's, you know, I, I'm wrong I though. Say, I would say more than I think that it holds up. I, I like splitting hairs, but I feel like it's special. Like, you know, yeah, yeah I mean? that's like, fair. Yeah. Um, I, Maybe it doesn't hold up. Maybe maybe it's like weird for anybody that tries to listen to it now. But it's special because that's a good. Yeah, definitely no one was doing this no. at the time. No one. Yeah, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair comparison or or analogy is that like it's special. And I think, but you're right. Like if you played it today, would it work? And maybe no. it wouldn't. Whereas like, yeah, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road works. <laughs> Still, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever, you know, it's like, uh, so may, maybe you're right. And so I guess it depends on the definition of hold up. You're right. I mean, it's like, I mean, I think I'm generally thinking of that as like, is it still listenable today? And you still like, like it. And I think you obviously do. Right. I do. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Is it there? Is it their best album? I feel like I'm not informed enough to know. I, I do like the one that followed this a little better, but I don't think I'm the right opinion because I probably just uh, no, like this for the right I reason. will also have to defer to Kyle. You know, I wasn't really, I didn't really ever get into the records after. I, I, don't, I don't know if I even tried. I'm not sure why. So that's well, a terrible let, thing to say. Let me point you guys to, um, and especially Blake, knowing, knowing the things that you didn't like about this record. I highly recommend that you listen to self-titled. It's the one after the next one. So the next one is in defense of the genre. Right. And then uh, self-titled. It's really good. It's it's like I think it's his last major label and um just freaking awesome songs, really poppy, catchy stuff, uh structured. I I I really think you'll dig it. But for me, I think we've said this a bunch about a lot of records. Maybe it's not their best record, but it's their most important. Right, you know which is I mean? always the next question: is that is their uh-huh. most important? And I think there's no way that any other album could. Uh, even though the right. next one has like everyone is on it. it, it I mean, it is, cameo. it's like a freaking hip hop album. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, every, actually speaking of Paramore, I love the song with Haley, right? And Pete Yorn's on it. Yeah, that's crazy. No, I need to, I, everyone, I, I was wrong. I, I was spending time listening to this record and it really made me pause and go, I should really just like pick out, pick out some of these old, other records and listen to them. But obviously I was like, I want to focus on this for now. Yeah. But you're saying self-titled is the next, next one to go to Kyle. Well, I think the fans of Say Anything would like burn me at the stake for saying that, but like, but like, yes, I think so. As far as terms of like pop sensibilities, that's and, like, okay. Uh, the, that's the like me with I, Guilt Show with the uh, with Get Up Kids. Like, I think it's yeah. their best record, and Get Up Kids fans would burn me at the stake maybe for saying that, but I love it. So, like, uh, in defense of the genre, it, we were just talking about how it's like a feature album. I I just think like not only what were we reading everywhere, like how much of a genius this dude was, but like other musicians, right. That, I mean, everyone was talking about it. Yeah. I just, I specifically remember uh, reading an interview with Andrew McMahon. Yeah. 
talking about how Max Bemis was the was like the the greatest musical genius he had ever worked with. And like that that freaking blew my mind because that dude's no, you know, scrub. You know what I mean? Right. He is not. And, He's and been so in like, a few no, the, successful the, the, yeah, the projects. Yeah, write a song. Yeah. And and so like um I think I think for me and I I think this will make sense to you guys. I think the thing I love the most about Say Anything and Max Bemis is like he represents this group of people that like maybe they don't have the perfect voice. Maybe they don't play the perfect bass or the perfect guitar, but like they're familiar enough and they have really good ideas. And when executed like in a specific way, then it can really rock and be interesting. And for me, like as a dude that's just not good at everything, it was like, I, <laughs> hey felt, now. Like, I felt like I You're was good at lots. Like, well, I'm just saying like, but I, you can't like, do everything. Yeah. I see what you're saying. You're I saying, felt like, yeah. like, I felt like he was like the captain of my team. You know what I mean? Like, I do know what you mean. So, that makes sense. And so, and so, like, and actually, I I think I told you guys this. Like, I even went as far as to I paid for his song shop, and like, I have a, I have a personal song written by Max Bemis for me. Yeah, which, no, you told us about that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's uh, well, I mean, it's cool that he did that. That's like, yeah. a, that's a pretty cool thing to do. Uh, in general, uh, I mean, it's not as cool as you know someone getting you. Justin from the darkness to sing happy birthday to you <laughs> on your birthday like Chris did for me this year. That is that is pretty sweet. <laughs> Kyle oh, Kyle was, Kyle was the first person I showed that to by the way. That's pretty amazing. And I wait I should have you should have FaceTimed me. I thought about it afterward because I was just like no. Like Chris just dropped the birthday gauntlet. Well yeah, yeah but you have to you have to understand like no joke, like I, I sent it to you for approval because I was like, "This is so stupid." No, like, it's not. I, it made me oh, grin I know, ear I know, to but, ear. <laughs> but but it was both. I was like, "This is either going to be awesome or horrible." But I can't tell anyone. I have to just do it, and yep. then I have to run it by Kyle. That was like my whole plan. And like you I was like, it. "I'm going to do it and show it to Kyle and see if he's like, what? Who is this guy again?" I was going to be like, "Oh man, it was this. It wasn't that much money. It's all right. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll you know, I'll check the card. check the show notes uh, because it's the best gift I've ever gotten. I'll put the link to it. It's my favorite birthday gift I ever got. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, okay, Desert Island songs. Uh, two or three of your favorites, Kyle. I mean, uh, for me, I'm gonna go with "Alive with the Glory of Love." Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I I know you were met on it, Blake, but I freaking love. Uh, uh, slowly passing through a vector. Yeah, and then uh, I guess for my last one, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do "Belt" because of the cool outro. Belt's a cool so, song. Yeah, I'm alive with the glory of love, and I want to know your plan. So I think those are the two that I, I like. It's a pretty song, in spite of the mistuning. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah. Despite it, uh, Chris, your desert My, island songs. Yeah, mine are pretty like bread and butter, but yeah. it's def- it's it's belt alive with glory of love and admit it. That's I know those are I know that's a easy out, but no, hey, that's okay. it's My desert island. It's yours. I gotta listen it's to your three island, bro. I don't know what I'm listening to. I'm on. Is this like a record or um, uh, is it like a music box? Coconut. Yeah. Oh, so we're, we're doing like Gilligan Island. Like I can yeah. make inventions. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I can only pick professor. three songs. Okay. Um, got it. Nobody's perfect. What's the worst song of this album? Kyle, I got to go to you first because I got to see if you have one. Um, I mean, 
So I guess I'll go with... I guess I'll go with an orgy of critics. Yeah, that's what mine is. Um, it's it's my least favorite, but I still dig it. Like I don't skip it. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, I'll, I'll I'll I will go with like to me when you were talking about like ah, I didn't really like this. I didn't really like this. Like on that song, I'm like not surprised. Get it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's the one for me. Chris, what about you? I think it's chill. Like I shall grow. Just like I like I said when when we were talking about it. Just kind of. Always was like, eh. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. I think a little bit. Um, Grower not a shower. I mean, is it kind of the whole album for you guys? Definitely. Because it it didn't hit you guys. I mean, other than Alive with the Glory of Love, it sounds like nothing hit you guys the first time. And it's the same thing for me. I think I like it more than I did then, but I still don't like it a ton. Dude, the whole album was a grower for me. And and honestly, I even listened to the whole thing and I did even alive with the glory of love did not resonate with me the first time I heard it because I think I was so, my judgment was so clouded by how much hype was around this record and how many people were telling me that I had to love it. And I was yeah, like, I don't yeah, have yeah, yeah. nothing. And then like, Can't tell me what to one do. Day I hear um, alive with the glory of love. And I'm like, who is this? And I think it was, on, I, I want to say it was on even a compilation. And I instantly am like, who is singing this? This is amazing. And it says, say anything. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. And then like I'm like, it must, be, it must be a new album. And then I'm like, no, this is on the album I've been listening to. I own it. I bought it. I don't like it. And then it, from that moment on, man, it clicked. And, uh, and so the whole album grew. It was on a grower. Me. I mean, my favorite albums are the ones that grew on me in general. I mean, just, you know, uh, so I think that that probably is why this is cemented in that place. Cause I think that was, I feel that it had to have been the case for a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Cause this album does yeah. not have the things that you have to like catch you the first time, you know? Right. Um, so I, I would imagine that's a lot of people just to guess. Um, well, cool. Thank you for listening. And again, if you like what you hear, please consider giving us a, glowing five-star review must be glowing uh on itunes and please subscribe so the new episodes conveniently show up on your phone by the way the next episode will be motion city soundtrack commit this to memory we're gonna start telling you what the next episode is if we know so that we you can listen to it so spin that record a few times that's what we're gonna do next uh so that'll come out in a couple weeks and you can send us comments, disagreements, and suggestions to info at finding emo pod or on Twitter at emo underscore podcast hooray yeah. for a new twitter account um and then you can also do it on facebook which is finding emo pod uh that's a good place to tell me how wrong i am about not liking this record uh so it was kind of fun doing one that we didn't all like though so i'm sure more will come up in the future that we don't all just heap praise on so but this is the first of probably a few there were there were some stinkers back in the 2000s let's be honest so we will catch you guys next time